excited. Good morning. It is good to be here with you. We're five years old. That's great. Well, I'm not five. Our church is five. All right. So um, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm excited to celebrate today. Uh, so obviously today's going to look a little bit different than normal. All right. So I'm going to help us set pace real quick just so we can kind of know what to expect and what's kind of going on today. So uh, firstly, uh, parents, we know that your kids are in here. All right. And we know that sometimes kids make weird noises. All right, that's an okay thing, all right? So I don't want you to feel bad about that or to feel like self-conscious that something's going on. This is a family celebration. And so we purposely did that, that A, our uh, people who serve regularly would be able to come in and fellowship with us and celebrate with us, but also that our kids would be able to celebrate with us and stuff like that. Plus we have cake afterwards to make your afternoon awesome, all right? So um, people without kids, all right, uh, you can be gracious and help uh, if there is need. This will either be, depending on which kid you're sitting next to, uh, encouragement to hurry up and have kids or a reminder on why you're waiting, all right? But either way, be gracious and be honoring and help out, all right? Secondly, we're going to watch a ton of videos today. So uh, more than kind of preaching and, and walking exegetically through scripture, we want to celebrate together and be able to see what God has done. I don't want to be up here uh, hogging our time. Rather, I'd want us to see from all these different people that have really helped build up this body, as Nick said, the sacrifices of many and see kind of what the Lord has done. And so this is our family, right? And like God is doing something here. And this is really amazing when you begin to think about what has happened. And so uh, when we planted this church five years ago, we had no idea what we were doing. All right. Does that give you confidence for us moving forward? All right. We had no idea, but we learned. All right. And we jumped in. And really what it was was us saying, God, what are you doing in the city? What are you doing in Austin? What are you doing redemptively around the world? And how can we jump in and be a part of that and begin to see the kingdom of God build up? Because Jesus is eternally worthy. Jesus is worthy of our affection and of our praise and of people to know about who he is. And so uh, through stories, we want to kind of celebrate and look back a little bit. And then also we want to take a little sneak peek into the future about what we think God is kind of leading us into and what we feel like God is calling us towards. Amen? Amen. And so that's where we're going this morning, all right? One of the things that uh, has always come up and has been a point that everybody has kind of emphasized that is a part of the well is the value of community and the value that people really put on family here. You know, we don't call our membership membership, but we call it covenant community for a reason. The reason why we do that is because we say we want to be just that, a covenanted family together that commits to one another, that serves one another, that blesses one another. We want to genuinely be a family not just check the box, okay, there we go, I'm a member and I serve once in a while, but literally be dedicated in each other's lives. And so a lot of people who, when we were doing these interviews and we kind of reflected on who we are as a well, uh, mentioned just that, that we are a community of people gathered together that really bless each other through the family. And so um, I actually want to show a video uh, and kind of highlight that, what different people have said. Let's watch this together. We've seen the Lord work it well uh, in many ways, but <laughs> one in particular is the community. I, when I started looking in other places for God and spirituality, I went away from the church, and so I went away from the well, but the well was kind of just always in my mind as a place where I knew there was acceptance and love, and I didn't feel like I had to hide who I was or what I was going through. So one of the things that I have really found unique about the well is the degree of welcomeness, if I can make up a new word, 
that I've felt since we've been here. A few people when I moved to Austin, and my older brother's in a different city. My parents and little brother are still overseas as missionaries. So God really provided a family for me here at the well. It's always been a really safe place to land, and I have people here who speak the truth to me in love, and who've helped me move, and who have had me over for dinner, and who've just been willing to live life with me. People like reached out to Colin and hung out with him and he just developed all of these relationships and so I knew that one he was being taken care of spiritually and growing and making a spiritual home in Austin and then when we were talking about where we'll end up once we get married, like I felt comfortable coming to the well. I knew a few people already but didn't make those deep relationships until I knew myself. But just knowing that he cared for him for a year, a year and a half without me. Like, meant the world. Man, it's been awesome to see the Lord just working well, um, just in the community groups, and ours in particular, just seeing people just uh, develop a deeper passion for the Lord, and trusting the Lord more, and seeing uh, how our group just prays for each other, and seeing the Lord answer prayers. Uh, my community group, they talk a lot, and it's great, because everyone's so open on sharing just their thoughts on scripture, um, and just how scripture plays into their own life. And so it really gives, I always leave community group actually feeling really encouraged um, and just convicted uh, to think more about how can I keep applying scripture to my lives. Um, so I've seen the Lord work through the well by bringing me closer together with other beautiful people, a lot of people that work at GM that I had no idea. So just bringing a community together and giving me a sense of home and love. Um, I was part of a women's Bible study that started off probably a year and a half ago as a small group of three or four women meeting on Thursday mornings and over the, t the time it grew to this huge group of really dedicated, God-loving women where we get together and learn about the Bible and learn about Jesus and are also there for each other. So I saw the Lord work through the women of the well greatly and um, really grew from that. And I'd say that it's just a really welcoming community. And I tell this story all the time about how I first went to the well after I had been to other churches and nobody said hi to me and I just didn't feel welcome, but I walked into the well and Martha said hi to me and I was like, okay. I also appreciate just kind of how everybody talks to everybody in the church. We don't really see um, people in their little cliques in the corner and their little groups, but people talk to everybody, people talk to new people, people talk to other people who've been here for a while but you haven't really met. And everybody's just trying to get to know each other and encourage one another in the Lord. That's really cool. And I met a bunch of the guys at this Christian retreat and at that time I had a lot of uh, reservation about Christians because of other experiences being judgy or condemning and uh, just superficial, <laughs> I don't know. Mm. It, and so I was very honest with them at this retreat about that and um, all of them just were like, oh, it's okay, I love you. And I was just really accepting. And so the Lord has affected my life through the well by bringing a solid community to my life. Um, I've met a lot of guys that I get to share my life with and I get to be involved in their lives. Raw and genuine. I ended up uh, finding a roommate there that I lived with for over the summer and you know really just enjoyed all the conversation, uh, getting to know scripture from his perspective, having that community of, of 
brothers in the house and over time I've gotten to know a lot more people and just felt a lot of acceptance. I had never been discipled before coming to the well and I had two women there reach out to me and you know ask if I've been discipled and I said no and, and they discipled me and those discipleship meetings and that time together were some of the most trying and challenging and growing times. Happened for me when I was a first-time guest and for many weeks after that even and I see it happen all the time for other people at the well people genuinely care about pulling you into community and about helping you know Christ more and it's because they each desire to have that depth and richness and relationship with Christ as I think y'all can like clap or something so. <laughs> that was good. Um, I think that, uh, like, I'm so thankful for the sacrifice that so many of you all make to create it a family. And one of my biggest prayers is that as we press forward into making much of Jesus, that we would never lose that, that we would always be a family together where we really desire to know Christ deeply and richly. And because of that, we draw other people in into the family where they too can desire to know, to love, to cherish Christ. And so uh, obviously because he is worthy, right? We want people to know Christ because he is worthy. But another reason is because we want to invite them into this family like, the family has blessed my family so much and in so many different ways. And I don't think it's a mistake that, like, I don't have to raise my kids by myself, right? Like, I don't have to make these, like, really important life decisions by myself. I don't have to uh, walk through hard times or walk through joyous times or just trying to figure it out. Like, literally, the Lord has implanted a body around me that has become genuinely a family, at the end of every sermon, I tend to end up saying, I love you guys. And I don't do that to be like cute or cheesy. Like, that's my time to tell you I love you, right? Like, I think about my daughter, Micaiah, and I tell her at least 25 times a day, I love you, you're beautiful, I'm thankful for you. And that's true for us as well. Like, I genuinely feel that. And as you look around and begin to realize, like, man, people feel that. Like, there's a true love and a true affection that comes up. And I hope that as we grow, that would literally maintain that people would love each other deep and well, and that the kingdom of God would literally grow. You know, the scriptures say that uh, they will know that we are Christians by the way that we love one another. And how true is that to where people who may not even know the Lord, a lot of you in here may even be wrestling with your faith, like, man, what a better testimony than the fact that we love each other, that we sacrifice for each other, that we are present. And so I bless the Lord for giving me a family. Like, I bless the Lord for that, and I pray that we would all experience that as well, that we would be a family together, brothers and sisters who love each other in so many ways. You know, one of the things that uh, I think gets kind of convoluted, particularly in our culture, is that people miss the value of church because in a lot of ways, church is kind of like dinner, okay? Y'all tracking with that? You're like, no, what does that mean? Okay, good job. If you said, yeah, I was just checking to see if you'd be lying, all right? Who remembered what they ate on August the 10th? Okay, you know, some super organized person was like, let me look at my planner real quick, right? Okay, besides that, like, you don't remember what you ate, okay? Why is that? Because unless that was your anniversary and you went to some fancy restaurant, like, it was just dinner that day, okay? And it wasn't revolutionary, it didn't utterly change your life, but you ate, didn't you? Right? Like, because if you didn't eat, then you would begin to be hungry and sick, and if you continued to not eat, then you would eventually end up dying, well, I think the church is the exact same way. Because on a weekly basis, we don't tend to be like, 
right? Revolutionary, what's going on? Like, then we tend to miss the value of it. But church is a lot like dinner, that if we miss, we end up getting sick. And if we end up kind of exiting ourselves out of the family, not allowing other people to bless and pour into us, we tend to get sick and we eventually die spiritually. If you flip with me to Hebrews chapter 3, we're going to look at two different passages in Hebrews really quickly. It'll also be on the screen. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, it says this. It says, but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Or in other words, sin is more tricky than you are spiritual. Right? And so literally, we need each other, not just to like give that adrenaline shot of encouragement, but we need each other to overcome the sin that plagues our lives. Like this is an important part of gathering together. In Hebrews chapter 10, later on, he goes on to say this, and let us consider how to stir up one another toward love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. All the more, over and over. I think one of the reasons that the Lord builds his church and establishes it the way he does is so that we can do justice for each, for each other, to be present in each other's lives. And so I know this has been one of the testimonies of the well is not just that, hey, we're welcoming, yay, praise the Lord, but literally that in the midst of trial, in the midst of hardship, in the midst of sin even, and even serving one another with our gifts, we have sacrificed and blessed those around us. And so I want to watch another video that just kind of highlights that and shows the importance of being here, especially in the midst of suffering. Let's watch this together. The people at the well are a really unique community, even among churches that we've both been involved in, um, in the way that we are like real and really there for one another and supportive of one another in in hard times and also there to um, serve one another. The way God asks us to look for the needs of others um, is something that I saw constantly happening at the well is that everyone's constantly looking to the needs of others. Um, wanting to pray with them, wanting to disciple them, wanting to spend time with them. Um, that is certainly something that I know God has worked through each and every one of us at the well and will continue to do that. And literally my first Sunday here, I wrote on like the connection card, like I'm struggling with depression, suicidal thoughts. Um, and that was something I'd voiced at my last church, and I didn't really feel like I was like reached out to about it. Um, and immediately that week, I received an email from Tori saying that he was praying for me, and if I needed anything, if I needed to talk. Uh, I feel super loved here, but um, in having that community, it's brought me out of a lot of depression and issues in my life that I didn't even realize that I was progressing for so long. Um, and every day I wake up with a joy that I didn't have before. Um, just getting to know the Lord and wanting to spread that to others. And I think a lot of that comes from the joy that people have shown me at the well. I think the well does such a great job at loving and being encouraging. And I've received so much, so much help through my depression, um, through the people here, so much love and understanding. Um, the prayer teams, whenever, I seek prayer after service. Um, God speaks to me through them, and it's so beautiful to see. I'm just in awe of the community here. For me, I've seen a lot of friendships open up in my life, um, a lot of accountability for me, um, for my family, 
to like walk life with people long enough to like at the well to like see them struggle well and like like just watching them walk through the hard things has been um, like a huge honor and a blessing to me because it shows that like God can be your joy through your pain and um, and so that has encouraged me tons and tons and tons. Watching the well serve Campbell Elementary at East Austin, um, Bob and Martha in Brazil, Kevin and Jessica in East Asia, Crystal and Eric in 11 countries in the world race, um, being able to witness that, take part in that, um, has been super encouraging in my life. Um, and I now feel uh, confident in bringing the gospel to the communities around me, uh, to the people that live in my apartment complex, to the people that I work with. God work through the church and the other like organizations and families that we support. Um, so like the ADRN and, and the other like international missions and the families that are in other countries. Uh, spreading God's word, and I think that for being a small church, relatively, to be able to support that many other families and people and see God's word like reaching so widely is. Our Children's Ministry volunteers have been fantastic. They've um, been faithful and responsible and um, loving and kind toward our children. We've had several kids that have accepted Christ this year, which is super encouraging and exciting, um, but also getting to see them share the gospel to the other kids in, in the, at the well is really encouraging and exciting to see that growth. Almost there, almost there. <laughs> that was great. And, you know, when you think about Jesus' life, death, burial, resurrection, and his redemptive plan for the world, who in the world, okay, if they were there at the time kind of instructing Jesus, would have said, oh, uh, Lord, I, I have a great idea, okay? Uh, build a local body and a bunch of local bodies around the world and use a bunch of jacked up and messed up people, and through that, that's how we're going to win the world to Christ, Right? Would that have been your plan? Right? Like it probably would have been better to say, Jesus, could you just stay on earth and do a couple more miracles? Right? But this is what God has done. Like this isn't a mistake. The local church God left on purpose gave us the Holy Spirit that we may bless one another. Like this is his redemptive plan. There's local churches throughout the world that make much of Jesus, that try to push back the darkness around them. Like, like this is it, friends. You are it. Like, you are part of God's redemptive plan, and as we see that going on, it's like, actually, there, there's some genius in this, because rather than feeling like we need to have it all together, you can look at anybody from the elder down to the person who's wrestling with Christ and realize, man, there's a lot of brokenness in here, but there's a lot of redemption at the same time, and God is using all of our brokenness to reach out to other broken people, to mend us together, to make much of his name. Like this truly does exalt and glorify God. Because if he literally was trying to gain a bunch of perfect people, guess how many people would be in this church? Zero, <laughs> right? Maybe Paul Carlson, but that's about it, okay? 
Like, man, God is literally doing this on purpose, seeing the world come to him. And so one of the things that I love about our body as well that I think is really, really important that we even remember and, and kind of focus on is our diversity as a family. Like, we are genuinely a diverse family, particularly in a more uh, homogenous Austin. It's like, man, no, there's a lot of diversity that's here. You have black, white, Asian, Hispanic, right, younger, and those more mature in age. <laughs> You like that one? Right? Artists, engineers, teachers, lawyers, architects, athletes, right? Hipsters, people who don't really know what a hipster is. Okay? We have Democrats, Republicans, students, grad students, grad, grad, grad students working on their fifth doctorate, it seems like, right? North Austin, South Austin, rich, poor. Listen, friends, don't you see God's plan in this? I mean, for sure, part of the diversity is a beautiful thing because it reflects the Imago Dei in ways that only individual people groups cannot. So if we are a homogenous people, we only see one aspect of God. But if we are a diverse people, we see all these different facets of God because each of us has been intricately woven in our DNA to reflect the beauty and the glory of God together. And so as we gather together, that's why it's important even for some of you who uh, uh, may be a little bit less... uh, a, a more of a minority even here to make those sacrifices because we see the glory of God through you. We'll get more into that when we handle racial reconciliation in the fall. But don't you see the other thing that God is doing through our church? We can literally reach all of Austin, like with our church, all right? Because we are not one specific group of people, but rather we have people that are of all different backgrounds and colors, that have different socioeconomic statuses, that have different jobs around the city, that we are all around the city, even in location. And because of that, we are literally able to begin to push back the darkness no matter where we are in the city. Like this is part of God's redemptive plan, is that he would gather a diverse people in this particular church to literally be able to press back darkness in all these different areas around the city, this is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful thing. And so as we build that, that's one of the things that I want to really continue to focus on because a lot of us have felt it, but I say, no, we should fight for it because not only is it a beautiful thing when we meet on Sundays and we hear the scripture read in Hindi, but it's also a very beautiful thing when we're out in the world because that means God has us at so many different places in the city to make much of his name. A lot of you guys have hit on that diversity too, so I want to watch this video as well and think about that together. And we've seen him bring in so many different people to build a body of believers that reflects him. And hopefully we're being that body of Christ to our city. I also love how diverse the church is and uh, as a missionary kid and having uh, these different cultures around me is so enriching to my soul and I think it really reflects God's heart for the nations as well. I've been so excited to see how God brings people um, from all over, um, different races, different ages, different socioeconomic backgrounds, different passions for what they care about in Austin and in their world. What's it about? I mean, it's about people being scattered and then coming back together and the Lord bringing us all back together. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I want to hear people's stories. I want to know where they, they've come from in the world. And uh, it's, a proof, it's proof to me there is a God. But, because how else were these people going to come together 
all these different stories and backgrounds and upbringings and tragedies and uh, acclamations even too that we we are all here as one body worshiping Jesus together. The diversity was a huge part of it too. Um, you know, to be able to go disciples you need to understand all different types of people you know people that aren't like you um, and only like you mature adult of a church that is um, in a place where they can reproduce uh, and, and, and make new church plans. And really carry forth the mission in that way. He has helped us, has shown up day in and day out as we continue to grow, as people continue to leave to go and do what they're passionate about, what they love, and how Jesus is going to other places. So just, um, the Lord has empowered us through the well to know that even though we're broken and just so, at times, incompetent, He does and give us the wisdom, He grows, He teaches us, He leads us to do His work and to do what he has assigned each one of us to do. I see the desire for them to um, treat family, treat people as family, and for their neighbors and their friends and their co-workers, that they be rescued out of a Christless eternity. And their fervor to do that is what's contagious, it's, it's um, just a pleasure to, to be such a part of. God has been really faithful. He's answered prayer after prayer after prayer after prayer, and it has been um, ridiculous. Like, it's grown my faith so much, uh, just seeing the way that God has come through over and over again, even from the very beginning. I saw the Lord moving a people to a place of understanding Him in their head uh, through right thinking and right believing. Uh, I also saw the Lord moving a people to a place of understanding Him with their hands. Uh, so putting what they learn about in their head to action. Okay, friends, I want, to, I want to end encouraging us, all right? Uh, God has done so much, right? But, but this is only the beginning, okay? 
This is really only the beginning because I think that God can and really does desire to do so much through this little tiny local church. You know, as I close my eyes and I think about the next five, the next 10, the next 25 years, I think that I can see so much beauty kind of springing up out of the ground from what God has planted into this area. I see so many souls who currently do not know Christ that they will one day be in here singing about his glory with us as brothers and sisters maybe even as goers, as they catch a vision for, for Christ and the gospel, that they themselves would go. Missionaries sent out, you know, we pray that we would have a hundred full-time missionaries sent out from the well that are overseas full-time. Like, like I think that can happen. I pray, we pray we have a hundred church plants nationally. I think that can happen. Like, all of the discipleship that is going on, I think that can happen. A diverse family being built. You know, uh, there's a chart that we have that well, I actually rewrote it so it's more legible here. But uh, we really have exalt disciple sin is what we say as a body. We want to exalt or make much of Jesus. And some of the ways that we do that is by being Christ-centered, that we as a people would recognize that Christ is centered around all things, right? That through the scriptures, that through our lives, that it is his name that we are to make much of. It is his name that we are to exalt. That we would also be gospel-oriented as a church. In other words, we understand the implications of the work of Christ literally change everything about us. And so we don't try to build up by being better and better people. That's why we don't have plastic faces here. We say, man, come in real because we need the gospel. We need to understand who Jesus is and what he has done. The gospel genuinely changes everything about us. It changes our marriage. And so rather than five steps to have a better marriage, no, believe in the gospel. And as you do that, your marriage will flourish because you'll recognize that it's actually a picture of Christ in the church as it is. In our work, how do we work being changed by the gospel? How do we serve being changed by the gospel? How do we use our finances or our time or whatever it may be? Man, the gospel truly changes everything. We want to press that in as a church, that we would reach the lost, right? That people who do not know Christ right now would come to know who Jesus is. One of our prayers, one of our visions in that is that every single covenant member would get the opportunity while they're at the well to baptize somebody because they've either been instrumental in leading them into the faith or they have been instrumental in growing them in the faith. And the reason that that is exciting to me is because if every covenant member baptizes someone, then those people would likely become covenant members. And if our prayer is that for them, then they would baptize people. And you see the reproduction that happens there to where all of a sudden the kingdom of darkness is being pressed back by the kingdom of light. Here, us in this building begin to go out into the world and shine the light of Christ. Like that's our desire, that's our prayer, that we would equip the saints, that we would live in community as we've talked about, and discipleship would flourish, that we would serve Austin, right? Like, like our prayer is that Austin, if something were to happen to this church and we had to like close our doors or something, they would fight for us to stay. Literally when the school raised Campbell's prices and the city's prices, it would have tripled our rent and we were like, we, man, we're, we're a little church, we can't do that, you know? And they were like, hey, just, we'll take care of it. Now, I don't know what that means or what happened, but we get a great rate in here, right? Because they were fighting for us to say, said, no, no, you blessed our church. We want you here. Like, we want to do that for the community, to bless those around us, to plant churches, send missionaries. And when you think about a tiny church plant of 11 people and we see some of the goals within this, we go, ah, that, that's not possible, right? And now I'm like, are we shortchanging God? Like, like, does God desire to do even more than just that? Is, is, there, is there more that he's doing through this body? As I look out at your faces, it's like there are so many leaders that make so many different sacrifices. I can see it. Listen, family, 
God is doing something. Like, like God is genuinely doing something here through us. Nick, our new pastor, has a phrase he keeps saying. He says, uh, the wind is in the sails. I can feel it. Right? In other words, God is blowing onto this church. He's driving us somewhere to, to do something for his glory. We, men and women, can literally be a part of making sure that every single man, woman, and child will be able to taste, experience, understand the beauty of our beloved Savior because he is worthy. He is worthy, friends. This is why we make these sacrifices to make much of Jesus because he saves souls. He saves souls. We can be a part of God's redemptive plan. I want to finish by reading this. In Revelation chapter 2, if you want to turn there, this is one of Jesus' last words that we actually see in the scriptures. And it's written to a local church. And so Jesus is writing to his redemptive means of winning the world to himself, the local churches. And as he's writing to them, he has some encouragement and also some warning. And I would want to just read the church of Ephesus real quick. That is one of the seven churches. But in Revelation chapter 2, beginning in verse 2, Jesus says this. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance. And how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and have found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works that you did at first. If not, I will come and I will remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Friends, right? The well has done a lot of really good things. And if you look at the church of Ephesus throughout that letter, there are actually eight things that God commends them on. He says, man, you did a great job at this. You do a great job at this. You kill it here, man. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But you lost your first love. And this is so important to Jesus that he says, look, if, if, if you don't return to the works you did at first, in other words, if you don't return to loving me, then I'll snuff out your church. <laughs> like, like, like I, don't, I don't need your church, is what Jesus is telling them, to make much of your name. I desire to use your church, but I do not want you to lose focus that loving me, Jesus is, is the most important thing. And so as we press forward, I think there are so many things that God is going to use the will to do. But I plead and I pray that we would never, ever, ever, ever lose our first love for Jesus. That Jesus would be central, that he would be primary, that we would continually try to stir up each other heart's affections to know and to love and to worship our king because friends he is worthy amen like Jesus is the one who saves us Jesus is the one who gives us even the Holy Spirit that allows us to be intimate with one another and bless one another like this is the Lord this is his plan and I never want to miss that I would hate to build a beautiful wonderful awesome church that doesn't really love Jesus that much just does a lot in Jesus's name as the disciples or as people came up to Jesus at the end times, they said, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons and do many miracles in your name? Now, how many of you in here, don't raise your hands, hypothetical, all right, have casted out demons and done many miracles, right? Like they're doing a lot is what that's saying. They're, they're killing it for the Lord, but he says, depart from me. I never knew you. 
Like Jesus wants us to know him, to love him. This is the goal of the church is to know and to love Jesus. And so I pray that as we keep pressing forward, that we would know and that we would love Jesus because I think, I think if we look back and we reflect, we realize that, man, this was the goal at the very beginning and it has been God's goal from the very, very beginning that we would know and love the Lord and that out of our love for the Lord, that's when we serve recklessly. That's when we give of each other because we recognize how beautiful and how wonderful Jesus is and through that overflow that's when we begin to be a blessing to those around us because the love of Christ compels us 2 Corinthians 5 says to be ambassadors for Jesus to press back darkness and so friends I pray that we would love 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 Christ that we would love him that he would be our treasure, that he would be our reward, that we would command each other's souls to know and to love Christ, that we would stir up one another toward love and good deeds, as Hebrews tells us, and that we would really be a blessing to those around us, helping each other know and love Jesus. Amen? I pray that that would be our testimony. I pray that that would be our legacy. I pray that when we celebrate 10 years by God's will and 50 years by God's will and we look at all of what we've done, the number one thing that we can say is, man, we, we love Jesus. I love Jesus more now than I did five years ago. And it's because of the people around me. I pray that would always be our testimony. I love you guys. Let's pray. God, help us to grow into a deeper and a deeper and a deeper affection for you, Christ. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, King of the universe. Your majestic and holy name, thank you that you have built up the church in such a way where we can truly know who you are. Jesus, I bless you that you have allowed these people to pour out and to sacrifice so much so that more people can know about the love of Christ. What in the world, God? You are so good. You are so good. Ma'am, thank you, Jesus. Help us to love you, Christ. Let us never depart from that first love. Let us never depart from that which is most important, which is to know and to love you. Friends, I know even as we're celebrating, I think that we need to remember, man, that even today, like, there may be some of you who do not know the love of Christ, who are wrestling in your relationship with Jesus. Listen, part of the value is not just uh, we escape from, from hell and enter into heaven, we, we find light in the midst of darkness. Like, those are, those are some of the benefits, but one of it is that God puts you into a family that will love you, that will serve you. Like, that's what we are to be to each other. <laughs> So I pray as we're celebrating what God has done through our local body, that even today maybe you would decide to enter into that family, to give your life to Jesus, to trust him as king. And I pray that we would be a people that would never lose our first love. Body, friends, family, never lose your first love fight for it. Christ, help us to fight for it. Holy Spirit, remind us. Let us love you, Christ. Build your church, Jesus. Build your church in the way that you see fit to make much of your name, for you are worthy. I pray this in your beloved and your beautiful name. Amen.